So, Dr. Newman, you're saying that everybody wears a mask? That's correct, Wendy. We all wear masks, metaphorically speaking. We suppress the id, our darkest desires, and adopt a more socially acceptable image. Well, the book is, of course, The Masks We Wear by Dr. Arthur Newman. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is an interesting piece, Mr. Ipkes. Looks like 4th or 5th century Scandinavian, possibly a representation of one of the Norse night gods, maybe Loki. Loki? Who's Loki? The Norse god of mischief. Supposedly he caused so much trouble that Odin banished him from Valhalla forever. Then he could have banished him into that mask. I'm talking about mythology, Mr. Epkus. This is a piece of wood. But your book. My book is about masks as a metaphor, Mr. Epkus. A metaphor. Not to be taken literally. You're suffering from a mild delusion. What are you wearing a mask? Will you burn the acid or something like that? Oh no, it's just they're terribly comfortable. I think everyone will be wearing them in the future. How about you? Do you have your Corona mask? I do. I have mine too. I can't wear it though. It yanks my ears forward. My glasses fall off. Well, that's not good. No, it's ridiculously stupid as a matter of fact. But some days I wonder if uh, there's just not a lot of thought going into this whole thing. We've been talking from day one about the lack of critical thinking. And you know what this whole thing reminds me of? I swear to God. This reminds me of the day you're standing there at work and the LPO, the first class petty officer, says to you, okay, tomorrow we've got a working party. We're going to grease muzzle hatches tomorrow. So everybody's got to be here at 0700 to grease muzzle hatches. And everybody will be in dress blues to do this. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Why are we in dress blues instead of a working uniform, right? Because the chief was told by the junior division officer who heard from the, uh, the division officer that the, uh, the, the department head had been talking to the XO who had been meeting with the captain and said that he wanted everybody to look good because the admiral's coming tomorrow. <laughs> and so here we are, topside, to grease muzzle hatches in, in dress blues, and the admiral comes to visit just like he's supposed to, and he looks at us and said, what the hell are you people doing? <laughs> This is just that, isn't it? It's just some yeah. CDC guy got asked a question. Hey, will masks help? And remember, because weeks ago, yeah. what were they saying about masks? Masks wouldn't help. They would not help. They won't do Unless anything. Unless you were sick. Unless you were trying to keep from spreading it, the masks were useless. But now, some guy at the CDC got asked a question in a follow-up thing. Well, what about masks? And he probably said something to the effect of, well, they won't hurt. Yeah. And that's turned into... My company sending out messages saying, you must have a mask. The, the managers will procure your masks if you don't have any. It's, my customers are now giving us masks. I showed Rod mine. You guys can't see it because it's – is this cool or what? It is. It's, it's like a hot rodding right, one. But I can't wear it because it's, yep. <laughs> it's got flames all over it. The, the backside is even better. Look at this. Yeah. Backside's got skulls. Oh, skulls. Oh, that's so cool. It feels like – feel like such a badass when I have it on. And then my glasses <laughs> either fog up or slip off. And it's like, well, what the hell's the point of that? Yeah. yeah. My mother-in-law actually made some masks for us here. So she's very handy with the sewing machine. And she's very bored right now. So guess what she's making? <laughs> is that what it is? Is everybody so bored they're just making masks? I think so. I think that's part of it. Because <laughs> I've seen people making masks. I've had customers. In fact, this one that I've, I've got at a really wonderful customer. She says, do you drivers have masks? And I was standing there with no mask on. Six plus feet away, by the way. I said, yeah. no, I, we don't. I mean, I don't. I, don't. I know one guy that does because he had the disease months ago or weeks ago. Um, but the rest of us, no. But she, she hands me this giant stack of masks and says, here, I made these for you guys. I said, oh. okay. So I went, I went through them. And, of course, this one, the one with the flames, which uh, is pretty cool looking. So I kept that one. It was one with cats on it. I gave that one to my wife because she has to have a mask at work now, too. She works at a naval hospital. She has to have a mask at. And they don't have the M95 stuff, I'm sure. Yes, I don't know. 
So anyway, and the rest of them I just gave to other drivers, and I said, here, customer gave them to us. And then today, and then that was on, I don't even know what today is. I, I really don't. I have completely lost track of time. It's Saturday the 11th. Ah, that's right. It is Saturday. It's the birthday of the submarine fleet. I should know that. <laughs> so anyway, so this would have been Thursday, I guess. And so I handed them out, and anyway, everybody got masks now. And, but that's course, cool. That, that was very nice of the lady. It was very nice of the customer. I Very very sweet customers. Um, we, had a, we had a brief conversation about frozen pizzas because she <laughs> guess her daughter likes frozen pizzas. So they had ordered a stack of frozen pizzas. And I'm standing there talking to her and I says, you guys like frozen pizza, huh? She says, well, it's for my daughter. I said, well, if you'd like some advice from somebody else that likes frozen pizza, Wild Mike's is the way to go. Wild Mike's is the best frozen pizza I've ever had in my life. And she says, really? really? So she says, carry that it's, yeah we do it's a little it's a tad bit more pricey it's like 7.99 instead of the 5.99 for the tombstone or whatever but trust me if you can get a wild mics and they don't pay me to sponsor the show here or anything but i'm gonna have to look that up now yeah, they are they only make two kinds a pepperoni and a pepperoni and sausage okay man well, if either, you, either one works yeah but if you follow the directions on it for cooking it's it's fantastic i can only eat a half one yeah. <laughs> then I got to put it in the freezer and, or the refrigerator and let somebody else do it. So I don't know, man. This whole mask thing is is it's weird to me because the whole it's not going to do anything. It's still not going to do it. What's changed in the ensuing three, four weeks now that suddenly masks are all the rage? It's telling me that they really don't know how this is spreading community wise as far as in the air. So they want everyone to wear masks to prevent the spread. Right. But they told us the masks wouldn't prevent the spread because. But they're finding out that more and more asymptomatic people are out there. Right. So this is a scarlet letter kind of thing. Yeah. We think you might have it. Therefore you must wear a mask. Yes. <laughs> they're mask, you know, I, they're I bet burkas are in style now too. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if they were. I mean, what else are they going to tell us? I mean, they're writing tickets to people who show up to religious events and sit in their car now. Oh, yeah. Down in Mississippi. The, I, I'm sure you saw this. You probably sent it to me. Yeah, I've seen a number of them. The, so I guess they had an, uh, a Good Friday service mm -hmm. or some sort of service. I don't know. Um, you know, Christians and their their agendas. Anyway, they, they, <laughs> their agendas. They, they, they all sat in their cars with their windows up and they broadcast the service over a radio. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not here to, this isn't a, 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 you know, religious show, but I mean, come on, why not just stay at home and do it over the yeah. internet? What's, uh, if you're going to yeah. sit in your car, and you're not going to get out anyway. What's the diff? Anyway, point being that I guess the cops showed up to this because the cops being the people that raised their right hands and swore to uphold and defend the constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Remember? Yeah. I'll take that oath. And so they started writing tickets for these people sitting in their cars in violation of the stay-at-home order. And the, the church is now suing the state of Mississippi. Well, they probably won't until Monday because the courts aren't open, right? Yes. Are the courts even open on Monday? I mean, or do they have stay-at-home orders? That's a good question. I don't know that. I know the Supreme Court has suspended, has suspended hearings. My, my guess is they're probably not open. Right. So how are they going to do this lawsuit thing? Because... I don't know what they're going to do. Anyway, state of Mississippi says they're going to sue this, sue the state over this. Or no, the church says they're going to sue the state of Mississippi, which is weird because unless it's the. Was it the state troopers? Is, unless it was state troopers, you would have to sue the municipality, wouldn't you? I would think the city Pat, or something like that. Pat, where are you at? Now, we, the, the one day we need Pat, he's not paying any attention. Anyway, because <laughs> he's busy sewing masks or something. <laughs> Anyway, that's that's a joke. I don't know if Pat can sew or not. Um, Pat, the lawyer. Point being that, I, how are they doing this? I don't know. And we're seeing more and more of this. We're seeing more and more of this. Um, I don't know what to call it. I wouldn't call it passive resistance, but this. People are starting to question this whole stay-at-home thing, quite vociferously. What? And. And it seems to be the more aggressive that the the authorities get, especially when you see you know articles about people getting tickets for um, 
for that or being arrested for paddle boarding or, or being tackled for playing softball with your daughter. Yeah. God. I'd like to be that cop. Oh. I mean, at what point here's the, here, this is the thing I've said for years. I, I, this has been my, my working pet theory for probably seven, eight years now since I was on the air. Um, I believe that the police forces of today, you know, everybody talks about, you don't need a gun because the army has tanks. Well, it's not the army I'm afraid of. It's not the army violating people's yeah. fourth, fifth, first amendment rights. It's, it's the police who continually, I mean, all you got to do is look at the court dockets from the, from the lower courts. It's a constant thing. Every week there's some police officer somewhere, and I'm not saying police officers are bad, but every week there's some police officer who forgot that there's a Fourth Amendment or or something like that and just busted down somebody's door. Um, we had a case in Modesto right before I left where some gal got her door busted down by a cop who didn't have a warrant, broke her arm. She settles with the city for a hundred and some odd thousand dollars. <sighs> and I said on the air, I said, there's no way I settle that case. That, nope. that police officer sits on the stand and explains to that jury why he didn't follow the Fourth Amendment. I don't care if I don't get a dime out of it. But this this allowing them to settle it, the, the, the police have essentially become the new lobster backs. They're just like the troops yeah. quartered in Boston in 1773. They're there to make you behave the way they want you to behave. Comply. Exactly. And the police, what bothers me is... <laughs> The police officers know what the Constitution says, don't they? Yeah, they're they trained should. on this. So, where's the police officer who says to himself, "I don't need to tackle a guy for playing softball with his little girl," or "I'm not going to arrest that guy for paddle boating," or writing these tickets, which again are civil torts. So, who knows? Yeah. You know, where's, well, the, where's, where's that officer? Maybe it's an income generation thing because they're not they're not writing a whole lot of traffic tickets anymore. Oh, God. My favorite meme. Have you seen the meme of I-75 in Atlanta? Uh-uh. Now, I spent I spent about 10 years in Atlanta, a decade in Atlanta. And I-75, I-85 meet. So imagine Atlanta as a circle. Okay. Yes. 75 goes this way, 85 goes this way. But they meet in the middle for about 10 miles. They run they're, they're the same road. Okay. And every day at rush hour, that thing is... I mean, I, I've driven in Los Angeles, I've driven in Washington, D.C., I've driven in Boston. Nothing like I-7585 in downtown Atlanta. Nothing. Not even Seattle traffic? Not even Seattle traffic. I mean, it's Seattle traffic's bad, but it's, you know, you can still get where you're going in less than three hours. That is the worst stretch of road I've ever seen in my life. It's completely empty. And someone <laughs> posted a meme saying, it's all the unnecessary people. <laughs> <laughs> the non-essentials the non-essentials that are causing this <laughs> and i'm like yeah I, I was there during the olympics in 96 right and so everybody left town everybody bailed on town they were like oh my god this is gonna be terrible it was fantastic man you could get from where i work my office was out um basically as far east as you can go in the in the city yeah. and i could get to downtown in like 20 minutes just flying down 20 to 75 85 minutes <laughs> This is great, man. I mean, now, Marta was a different story. The trains were packed, but the roads yeah. were empty. It was it was fantastic. So, I don't know. I guess all these people go into these services, and we're going to see more. I, I'm I'm going to be interested to see what happens tomorrow, which is Easter, mm-hmm. when I guess that's one of the days you guys have to go to church, right? See, we well, we have it three depends, days. It depends on the denom- denomination, right? Okay. Well, we have three days. You got to go. You got to go to Passover. You got to go to Yom Kippur. And you got to go to Shavuot. Um, but, but, but outside of that, you know, it's kind of like, if you go, you go. If you don't, you don't. Um, but like Yom Kippur services, man, you got to reserve a seat months in advance or you don't get in. And then you're screwed because you haven't been in the service. You don't get forgiven in uh, yeah. trouble, see? So you got to make sure you do this. And, of course, while they have everybody captive there, that's when they hit you all up for money. Of course. But all your dues are, see, we don't, we don't tithe like Christians do. We, we pay dues. Oh, okay. the synagogue. So you, you pay a certain amount of money, which oddly enough works out to about 10%. And, um, you know, so, so it's due, your dues are due once a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can pay them monthly if you want, but you got to make those arrangements. But, but, but while they got everybody captive for, for Yom Kippur, that's when they hit you all up for it. Plus, you know, we need some for the building fund and we need help with this. 
So uh, Easter is one of those ones where you guys have to go, right? Well, it's a, yeah, the, the Catholic traditions, the more traditional traditions, it's a have to. For the um, evangelical, it's, we want to go. Typically, we want to go to the Easter services. Right. Um, you know, having having served on like a worship team for an evangelical church, I can tell that that a lot of people felt compelled to go to Easter because our services were packed on that day, but not any other day. That's like the one day everybody shows up. The, the joke <laughs> that, in all, that and Christmas. Yeah, the joke in all of this, folks, is that I used to be a I converted from Christianity. I was a pastor, for God's sake, so I know all this. I, I would see people on Easter Sunday. I would go, who is that? And some old-timer would go, oh, that's so-and-so. They're related to that person. And like, holy crap, man. I mean, it's like, and, of course, everybody dresses up their best. And uh, I hate yeah. Easter weekend, man, as a pastor. I, I hated <laughs> Easter weekend because I was a pastor in Georgia, yeah. Atlanta. And, oh. of course, it's the height of, of – um, hay fever season <laughs> and so we'd have these early you know you had that friday morning or sunday morning sunrise service thing and they would always yes. have it at some park somewhere it's full of dogwoods and and all these people are you know hallelujah hallelujah and i'm over there going pshaw, pshaw, pshaw. <laughs> why the heck don't i have a mask anyway yeah <laughs> uh, well we're going to celebrate it online so we're going to watch online services. How's that going to work? I mean, are they are they are they are they letting some people into the church to do that, like worship teams no. and stuff like that? So it's no. Well, so some churches I've seen they actually record their worship team with the songs ahead of time. Right. Um, other ones actually have like the pastor and the worship team on stage, and they record that live, or they're broadcasting it live, and they're all six feet apart. Okay. Um, so it, it just it varies depending upon the church and what they have. I, I went to synagogue again last, last night because today's Saturday. I should know that. It's a submarine birthday day today. I should yes. keep remembering that. I don't, I don't know why I keep forgetting that. I've had that conversation twice with my wife already today about what day is this. Um, so I went to synagogue last night via video chat. And that okay. was the weirdest thing because there's a reason why congregations hire cantors, you know, singers, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. rabbis. While they're usually pretty good at speaking Hebrew and Yiddish, they're they're usually not very musical. <laughs> and and ours is, but it's still weird to hear just him doing that. Yeah. You know, and and it, and I have you know tapes and stuff where I can listen to this stuff, but to watch him doing it while yeah. he's singing, while he's doing this, and you can tell he's trying not to be self-conscious about the fact that he's, his entire audience is a, is a how three, 3,000, whatever. You know, yeah. How 3,000. Yeah, whatever that was. <sighs> okay, Dave. Yeah. The way I, and, and it was kind of amusing. I mean, it was cool, but it was kind of amusing. Yeah. And see, the other thing is, is that because we're Jewish, there's restrictions about what you can and can't do on Shabbat. So you got to be logged in before, before Shabbat actually starts, you got to be in the chat room. And then once Shabbat actually starts, which is at sundown, you can't type anything in the chat room. So it's kind of, it's, I don't know. That, kinda, that would be challenging. Well, it's humorous to me because then you get all these people that come to visit. They, they, they think this is, oh, look, the congregation is doing an online service. So they pop into the chat room, right? And they start to, oh, this is so beautiful. This is so wonderful. And you can tell all the Jewish people are going, don't do that. <laughs> Uh, yeah us christians don't have that problem <laughs> yeah you guys never shut up <laughs> no there's there's a few there's a few like every sunday morning you know when you go to church there's a select few that tend to talk a, above right. and right to everyone so yeah i remember that i remember that yeah. i remember that quite well i don't know how we got off topic we were supposed to, oh we were talking about religious services and yeah. the covid and this so not only in Mississippi are they writing tickets for this, this is going to end badly, but I guess, I guess the Bundys are back in the news, which just throws yes. me beyond belief. What it, I've seen a couple references to it. I got to be honest with you. Every time the word Bundy pops in my head, if it's not Al Bundy, <laughs> I start getting indigestion. I start getting, I start getting really spun up because it was literally this month, 2014, that that whole thing with him started. Yes. And, and I got into it with Sean Hannity and, Blah, 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 blah. So every time I hear the name Bundy, my head explodes. 
Yes. So you're well, this is his son, this. right? Is it? His I, son. I his son, I think, is is going to protest by by going to a service. There, he's saying, "Let's all gather and go to this service." So that's uh, that's what they're that's doing. Weird. They're going to defy the law. Are they having that one in Pennsylvania? Bill was talking. My friend Bill Mick was talking about this the other day. I guess in, in Pennsylvania, they're going to have a quote Woodstock Easter service. Mm, hadn't heard of that one. Like I, I said to Bill, I said, does this does this does this uh, pastor have any idea what what Woodstock actually was, or is he just? <laughs> I, I'm like, what a great idea! You've got a highly infectious virus that's passed around by close human contact. You know what we should do is get a bunch of people together to praise Jesus and share joints. <laughs> Don't take the red pill. The red acid is bad. <laughs> some of you are not old enough to get that, but some of you are. Anyway, I don't know what Amon Bundy. That's his son, right? Yes. That's Clive Bundy's son. He's the one that did the takeover in Oregon. If I remember right. And got, uh, that is correct. Finicum or Finnegan or Lincecum or no, Lincecum's a pitcher for the Giants. What was that guy's yes. name? Yes. He got that guy killed because he, he ran off the thing in the van and they wouldn't yeah. put their hands up. And you know, Hey, there's a bunch of people over there with guns telling us to put our hands up. You know what we should do? Not put our hands up. Yeah. Don't. Anyway, um, fascinating thing about that. Of course, he's not. Um, oh, this is I don't I don't know if I want to get into this. You know, he's not a traditional Christian, right? He's not an evangelical Christian. I didn't know that. I, I don't pay attention to him, actually, yeah, so he, I, don't, uh, I wouldn't know. He actually belongs to a predominant faith that you would find, say, in southern Idaho, Utah, that area. Okay. Okay. And he actually believes that by starting a conflict with the government, this is what will make Jesus come back. That's his. That's his um, eschatological theology. Not unlike, not unlike Ahmadinejad yeah. over in uh, Iran, who believes that once he starts a third world war, the the twelfth Imam will come back. Same sure. kind of thing. So Amman Bundy actually, that's his. That's the basis of his eschatological theology. So that's a stupid yeah. big word, but basically it means his future stuff. Anyway, he believes that if he starts this war with the government. Jesus will come back and, and save him and win the battle for him. So is that found in second revelation? I, I don't know where that is. Well, I'm sure it's found <laughs> in, in scriptures that I don't necessarily read nor agree with, but, but I do remember at the time going through that quite extensively on my show because it's, you know, that it's real easy to go, well, this is all about rights and, and rats and, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. And I, and I asked the question, honestly, if you understood that this guy, what this guy was actually trying to do, which is bring Jesus back so that he will ban you to hell because you don't believe what he believes, would, would you really be on his side? No. So. But he has every right to be stupid. Well, of course he does. So do we. Yeah. We have the right to wear stupid masks if we yeah. want to. Exactly right. They're metaphors, don't you know? They're metaphors. Yes. <laughs> and they're terribly comfortable. I don't know. They where, are terribly comfortable. I don't comfortable. know where he gets that from because they're not terribly comfortable. No. <laughs> they suck. The greatest movie of all time. Yeah, that's uh that's the theory. And I'm more and more as I get older and older, is uh I, I really I really kind of feel that way. I really kind of feel like that one's really good. Yeah. I mean, there are some movies that I love, but that movie for some reason, I mean it just ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? It does. It's the Princess Bride. It is is it's great. <sighs> Where were we? Oh yeah. In the pit of despair, day thirty or whatever the frick this is. Of, I almost said a bad word, Ron. Sorry. It is the it is the pit of despair. Isn't it is it? it is the pit of despair. It's like oh my god, she does not get eaten by the eel. I say that because you look like you're worried. Even if you're, you keep using that word, I do not think it means what you think it means. Oh god, yeah, that's. Uh, that's part of the whole thing. So here's my question. Here's my philosophical question for you for the day. Okay. okay. So this COVID thing has people doing strange things. Okay. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. From your governor who decided that 
He's a nation state. Said Gavin Newsom before cackling and exploding into bats. To up here, we find out today that we have a city councilman in Seattle. Now, she's not over here, but much like uh, the rest of the nation says, as California goes, so goes the rest of the nation. Well, as, as Seattle goes, tends to happen the rest of the, con- the rest of the state. We have a city councilwoman over in Seattle who is a dedicated, and I mean dyed-in-the-wool, hardcore communist socialist, okay, who just, sure. got, who just got elected to her third term on the city council. This is a woman who, a few months, a year or so ago, proposed the head tax on Amazon and other big businesses. I remember that. Okay, it got past the city council, and the entire Amazon said, okay, fine, we're out of here. And, and all the people in the city who work for Amazon, you know, 20,000 jobs or something. No, wait, no, wait. <laughs> so wait a sec. And all the city council people were like, well, wait a minute. So they ended up, the city council ended up reversing it, saying, no, we're not yeah. going to do that. Well, she has reintroduced that again. But she's done it this time under the emergency powers because it's a state of emergency. And lo and behold, emergency power decrees cannot be publicly influenced. They can't be. They're not subject to public referendum or anything like that. So we got your governor, who is who's the nation state. Said Gavin Newsom before cackling and exploding into bats. And we've got our people up here saying, "Now we're got you. Now we're going to get Amazon. We're going to get Amazon and your little dog too." <laughs> From all of this, right? We're, we're doing strange yeah. things. The whole nation has, for God's sakes, I'm wearing a mask with flames on it. Okay. Did you ever in your life since you've known me think that you would you would ever see me wearing some crap like this, knowing how I feel about motorcycles? Not at all. So that's the point we've reached. Would you be willing, Rod, would you be willing to be tracked for the purposes of tracking and or preventing the spread of COVID-19? Well... No, but I'm not going anywhere. So, <laughs> Right, but how do we know that? How does the government know that you're not going nowhere? Well, how would they know otherwise? I mean, if they were tracking my phone, I could leave my phone at home. Aha. It's my favorite line from the movie Coming to America. Aha. You ever see that? <laughs> yes, long time ago. Where's the spoon? Aha. Anyway, point being, <laughs> they have, I, I was listening to a show this morning with a bunch of tech guys, and I, I don't know, man. I was just bored out of my mind, I suppose. And they were talking about this idea. These are real high-level tech guys like you, okay? Sure. And they were talking about the use of Bluetooth trackers. Businesses apparently used to be able to do this. They could put a YouTube or <laughs> YouTube, a Bluetooth tracker, that's what he called it, on their on their app or something and whenever Bluetooth devices came in range of whatever was broadcasting it, it would pop up. So like if you went to a big box store, okay, and yeah. you had your Bluetooth on, you walked in, all of a sudden your phone would go, beep, here's, here's this thing that you want. Yeah. And they, would, they can sort of do that with Wi-Fi as well. They can tell when your phone's in the store. Right. And apparently the apps, now the Bluetooth thing, I guess Google has really cracked down on and they don't let them do it anymore. But, but he was talking about the fact that there are apps. So like if you download the app for that box store, they can track you with that. Yes. And he was talking about the concept that I guess the government could force Google or Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile or Sprint to force on your Bluetooth, which they could then use to track you to see if you're really, because I always keep my Bluetooth off on my phone because I don't need it. What the yeah. hell do I need Bluetooth on my phone for? Um, but, He's talking. They're talking. He was talking about the fact that they could do this, and maybe you would know. Maybe you wouldn't know. I know iPhones. I don't know. I haven't had an Android phone since 2012. So, um, but Androids or iPhones. If I go in here, you know, the, the little thing at the top. Whoops. And and I go up here to the top, and I pull that down, and I'm holding this up so he can see that. Yes. So if I push the Bluetooth button. Right? And you turn Bluetooth, it off. The Bluetooth comes off. Or turn it on. Right. If I turn that off on there, it only stays off until midnight the next day. At midnight the next day, the phone automatically turns it back on again. I have to really? actually go into the settings to turn it off. And I don't know that many people know that. 
drives me hmm. nuts because somehow or another it got it got paired to my car. And so every time my wife goes outside to leave for work at 530 in the morning, you know, because it, it broadcasts my I, I use it to, to do my my uh, noisemaker, my white noisemaker. Oh, so it kicks over to the car. I, it's not actually on this. It's actually on my iPad, but it kicks over. on that. That's like <laughs> crap. Anyway, point being that I, I guess not a lot of people know that. And they use this Bluetooth data to track you. Is that does that sound reasonable to you? It is reasonable. I mean, anything that you're that's broadcasting from your phone, they could potentially use to track you with because, you, you know, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi signals are ubiqu- ubiquitous around everywhere. Okay. So if the government comes out and says, we're going to use your cell phone to track you because we're concerned about the spread of the COVID virus, what would your reaction be? I'd say no. Why? <laughs> because they don't have, it's, I mean, we have a right to privacy and that invades our privacy. But it's a state of emergency. But they would have to uh, prove. Uh, 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 well, wait a minute. No, the president declared a state of emergency. And the Supreme Court has already said that in a state of emergency, rights can be suspended in the interest of the public safety. Well, so here's what. If they were to do that, if they were to come out and say that we're going to do that, then my phone stays at home. I don't take it with me anymore. Man, do you think we could do that in this, in, in this day and age? Do you think people could actually do that? It would, it's either that or I turn it off unless they force it to turn on. And I turn it on when I get to the, where I'm going. And there are a lot of people who believe that they can do that anyway. Well, yeah, I've heard rumors of that, but um, I don't know that we've seen any design specs where they actually do that. What if, Rod, instead of saying, we're just going to do this, we're going to make people do this. What if, what if instead of that, they, they play upon your guilt to do this? In other words, if you say, I'm not going to participate in that because it's a violation of my privacy, my First Amendment rights and stuff like that, and they say, well, you want people to die. You don't care about the old lady next door to you. You don't care about other people because you're, you're, refu- you're putting your rights above the collective good, and they shame uh, you into doing it. I would play a Vanessa Hudgens, and I'd say, we're all going to die. Anyway. <laughs> We're all going to die. We're all going to die anyway, so. God, I should have kept that clip, and I didn't. It's like, that's just too bad. I don't know. That's, that's where this discussion was going this morning about, all right, we're, we're, I mean, really, why are we wearing masks? Are we wearing masks because of any scientifically demonstrable reason? Yeah. Or are we wearing masks because my company panicked and said, <laughs> they said to do it, so we're going to do it. Well, there's also a liability aspect, too, because, right, if if for some reason someone says, hey, your driver made me sick with covid and they weren't wearing a mask. Right. (laughs) Which wouldn't make any sense anyway, because what what did I do? Did I, you know, you encroached upon the six foot no zone. Right. But I didn't. Because I I brought the groceries up. I I put them on the porch. I ring the doorbell. I step back six to eight feet and say, your groceries are here. Salute. Goodbye. <laughs> the one good thing about all this is we don't have to take them inside anymore. That's good. God, I used to hate doing that. I, I don't mean this to sound the way it's going to sound, but Rod, there are a lot of people out there that oh, they should not be allowed to have pets. <laughs> they That's just should sad. not be. And, you know, it's like, well, come on, man. So anyway, at least we don't have to do that anymore. I've had to do one since since this whole thing started. And it was this old guy who was crippled. I mean, he couldn't couldn't do it. So it's like, sure. what the heck am I supposed to do? We talked about that. The other. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this going, what would I do? I mean, am I willing to be tracked for the prevention of this? And, and here's the thing. I, to some degree, now I'm one of those people that turns off Google tracking anyway. I don't allow Google to track me. Not because I really care, but I just, I just, there's just something in my back of my mind that doesn't do that. But I also think it's cool that they can. Yeah. And I have a nine-year-old son who's begging for a phone. Mm. So, you know, there's, there, I think there's, there's 
advantages and disadvantages to the technology. So I, I'm looking at it going, okay, I'm a driver. I'm an essential person. I'm out, you know, doing this stuff. Maybe, maybe it could be helpful or am I falling for the B or, or am I falling for being guilted into this? Because again, I, I hate the argument. I hate the argument. I, I outright reject the argument. Well, if you don't got nothing to hide, what do you care? Well, I don't have anything to hide, but I do care. But if it's helpful. I'd, I'd say, you know, rather than spend your time and effort at trying to track people through the use of technology, complete the stinking test for everyone. Let's just test everyone. Get, let's get it over with. Then we would know. Right. Well, I saw a thing the other day. A scientific paper came out about the react, reagents for a COVID-19 test. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand any of it because it's all in scientific ease, not English. But apparently they have, it's, it's a list of the reagents. I mean, I have it right here in front of me. Da, 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 let's see. SARS-CoV-2 2019 NCOV antigen reagents. Let's see. Uh, you got antigens and antibodies, nucleocapsid HIS protein spike, S1 HIS protein. I don't know what any of that means. I mean, I know what it means, but I don't know. I mean, if you're asking me to explain it to you, it's your SOL, <laughs> but jeez. So I know that they're in the process of this. I still don't believe that there's going to be a, a vaccine for it. No, but not not for a while. Certainly not in the next three weeks. Nope. So how long does this keep going on? And now they're talking about getting us to volunteer to, to be tracked. That makes it sound like it's going to go on a whole lot longer than... Than they're saying. And, but what does that say? That says that they don't know about the asymptomatic spread. They don't know who has it and who doesn't. And they're trying to figure out all that out. Mm. Hence the tracking. I guess we'll see what happens. So that's the one thing that's fascinating. I mean, the other thing that's fascinating is the, let's just call them what they are, the conspiracy theories. Yeah. So a friend of mine posted this this morning. Right? And he lists 14 facts quote unquote and i know they're facts because it's in bold and upper upper case yeah okay so that proves that they're facts everybody knows that everybody knows that fact number one the COVID 19 virus likely came from bats the intermediate horseshoe bat <laughs> when you say it's a fact and says likely <laughs> in the statement see that's and 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 see i pointed <laughs> this kind of stuff out i said did you you're you can't say it's likely and then say it's a fact. <laughs> Dude, it's likely you're a female. <laughs> All right. Fact number two. You ready? It is reported that the Chinese wet markets were not selling bats before the outbreaker. As Tucker Carlson reported, quote, there are no known colonies of the bat within 900 kilometers of Wuhan, unquote. <laughs> case closed I right saw, couldn't i saw it on that. tv couldn't have come from a bat because tucker carlson said he reported that there are no known kilometer no known colonies of the bat within 900 kilometers of wuhan and tucker's 100 accurate so dude that's as far as i got before i headed down the rabbit hole of what of this makes sense i now know more about the intermediate horseshoe bat then I ever, I didn't even know when I got up this morning that there was an intermediate horseshoe bat. You know that? I nope. had no clue. Did you know that the range of the intermediate horseshoe bat ranges basically from Indonesia all the way to almost Saudi Arabia to northern central China? Oh, I didn't know that. And that their colonies are almost impossible to find because they are, quote, in the most inaccessible places that can possibly be found. In fact, the last scientific team, I guess, that went to study the intermediate horseshoe bat took five freaking years. Well, to find were they government these. funded? <laughs> that would explain well, that. Chinese government. So what difference does that make? I mean, <laughs> no, we've got about another year on this study, at least, yeah. at least. Five years to find enough bats <laughs> to be able to do this study, which is remarkable to me because the people that are buying them in the and using them for the Chinese magic and stuff like that in the uh, in the wet markets don't seem to have as much trouble finding them as the scientists did. And I just realized you may be onto something. <laughs> <The government's> <laughs> <running>. <laughs> so 
Those are the first two facts. And people are going, well, you know where this is leading, right? You know where this is going. Because fact number three is there are two labs right next to the Wuhan wet markets, the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the Wuhan Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Did you know that? Because I don't know that. I mean, I don't know that. I heard I've heard it reported and not by Tucker. Never actually been there. I mean, see, here's the problem with me. And maybe this is racist on my part. Sorry if it is. I don't intend it to be racist, but somehow or another, when I picture Wuhan, China, and I've never been there, I've never been to China, I've never planned to go to China, don't have any interest in going to China, um, somehow or another, I don't picture the most modern of facilities, do you? No, not with a wet market. Right. And I've seen wet markets. I, I've been to the Middle East and, and you know, I've seen that kind of thing going on and it wasn't a pleasant experience for me, but then I'm a Western American and <clears throat> I'm used to hunting in the supermarket. Not, yeah. <laughs> no, I do not want to buy your live goat. What the hell would I do with a live goat? <laughs> uh, it is reported, this was fact four, it is reported that these Wuhan labs did have horseshoe bats as the Chinese government researchers were studying them and their viruses. Well, Ah, that's what they do, right? Yeah, that's exactly what they do. Which kind of goes back to there were no known colonies of the bats within 900 kilometers of Wuhan. Well, where did they get them? Well, they could have got them farther away and shipped them in. I mean, they're doing studies. Either way, do you think they just brought one in? No. So (laughs) there's your colony right there. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, it, maybe it's racist. Maybe it's just some experience with communist governments and black markets. If if intermediate horseshoe bats are useful for medical purposes, Chinese ancient Chinese medical purposes, and hey, I'm a janitor at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and I need a few for, you know, whatever. Well, not only that, they could have just dumpster dived. <laughs> well, there's always that. Oh, look, some bat carcasses. We can resell those. We can resell those as magic medicine. Uh, let's see. The Wuhan, fact five, the Wuhan Institute of Virology is run by the Chinese Academy of Sciences. I don't know that either. Fact six, Bill Gates, who is said to have predicted, and predicted is in air quotes, an outbreak years ago, is one of the biggest donors to the Chinese Academy of Sciences and was awarded their highest honor. Okay. He's a... He's a philanthropist. Okay. Who hasn't predicted an, a, a, an outbreak of disease years ago? It's been, it's been kind of like a yearly thing. Oh, my gosh, here's the next greatest thing. For God's sakes, George, Herb, George Walker, not the other one, the, the son, W, he predicted yeah. it. He said in 2005, well, when the next time it happens, it'll be too late. Yeah. Every year. You better get your flu shot because you know this year it's the oh, yeah. this year it's the it's the super Martian death flu, and if you're not vaccinated, well, you know, millions of Americans are going to die. Yep, I love that. Who is said to have predicted an outbreak years ago? Now, I'm pretty sure he did. I don't know about the Chinese Academy of Science. He doesn't share his books with me, so I don't know who he gave to. It's very possible no. that he did, but even if he did, so what? Fact seven, Bill Gates has advocated for an extreme shutdown of the economy indefinitely until there is a vaccine and is investing billions into developing a back vaccine for COVID-19. Okay. Mm, he's a business guy. I, I don't think he would say that until a vaccine is done. Right. Um, you know, let's just try this real quick here. Bill Gates, extreme... Shut down. See, we got the whole power of the internet right here, which Bill Gates, you know, basically gave us. Um, let's see. Uh, apparently, in March, he said we need an extreme shutdown of six to ten weeks. Well, that's about where we're at. Right, but that's not what they say here. I mean, here they just say an extreme shutdown of the economy indefinitely. Which okay. Is not what the not what the interweb. Well, of course, the interwebs would lie, wouldn't they? They could. Fact eight, certain medical exams. Get that? Fact eight, certain medical experts like Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel, 
have been saying the economy cannot return to normal until the population is mass vac- vaccinated 18 months from now. Uh, Nine Fauci, the director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, is is personally responsible for telling Trump to shut down the economy. Which I'm not sure he did. I'm, I'm pretty sure up here, Governor Inslee did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure where you are in your nation state of California. The El Presidente was way out ahead of the actual federal government. Said Gavin Newsom before cackling and exploding into bats. So the Trump didn't do it anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then it goes into the hydroxychloroquine, which, again, you know, the more I the more I read about the disease and see why you and I were talking about the fact that the ventilators may not be the best treatment for this. Yes. Do you know why? Well, I know that for what I've read, they don't just ventilate ventilator use in general. It's 50 50 on whether you're going to survive. Right. There's that to begin with. But the ventilator's purpose is to put oxygen into your blood, right? Get yes, oxygen into, into your lungs to force it. Apparently. Now, I've only read this in one place and it was a scientific paper. So, again, maybe I got some of the details wrong here, but apparently. COVID-19 does not act like pneumonia in the sense of, you know, what's the term I'm looking for? They, they use a specific term, and I've forgotten what it is. It, it acts more like carbon monoxide poisoning. Okay. In other words, what's, what the COVID-19 virus does, apparently, is it strips the oxygen from the hemoglobin. It, the, okay. the oxygen cannot bind to the hemoglobin, well, which is exactly what carbon monoxide poisoning does, and you don't use a ventilator for that. You get, because it doesn't help. You're just pumping oxygen into something that can't. Yeah, it's, they can't take it. You're just pouring gas into the into the trunk instead of the gas tank. Yeah. So apparently, now again, I don't. I'm not a chemist. Don't take me at my word on this. But apparently, the hydroxychloroquine, along with the zinc, allow the something about the the combination of the two allows the oxygen to bind back to the hemoglobin, and that's why it works, or appears to work. And, of course, this, this theory, just in fairness, has been completely poo-pooed by the experts. They, <laughs> yeah. That, that can't be. But, you know, you got to uh, you got to wonder where this whole thing got. Here's the killer in all this, though. Here's the, here's the climax. You ready? Fact 14. Uh-oh. Fact 14. <laughs> so, comma, the man who wants to sell the world for the vac- the world the vaccine for this virus has ties to the Wuhan lab where this virus likely originated. Quote, I'm not interested in unprovable conspiracy theories. These are just some facts. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin, man. I, re- I really don't. I, I we're never going to get anywhere because this is going to turn into and of course the government at every turn, Rod, is managing to screw this up so badly in its public yes. relations that reasonable people are being compelled to believe cons- conspiracy theories because federal bureaucracy is in the way. Exactly. And so it's, it's, uh, I don't even know how to, there's this, I've had this belief for a long time that scientists in general don't communicate well and reporters, no, reporters listening to scientists who do not communicate well only hear what they want to hear, mm-hmm. right? So if a exactly. scientist doesn't say that this is the worst case scenario, blah, 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 a million Americans could die, all the reporter hears is a million Americans are going to die. Scientists say American Americans are going to die, and that's what they go with. And yeah. nobody bothers to actually pay attention to what was actually said because what they say is incomprehensible to begin with. And I've, I've long believed that scientists need a better way of communicating. They, they need press agents is what they need. <laughs> PR. The only two scientists I've ever seen that could really communicate with people, Carl Sagan and Neil deGrasse Tyson. They're the only ones that seem to be able to actually talk to people. Bill, yeah. Nye, Bill Nye is not an actual scientist. He's a comedian. Nope. I don't know if you knew that or not, but he's a comedian. I did. <clears throat> so he doesn't count, but he does communicate well. Um, so <clears throat> at any rate, I think as long as we're operating out of that kind of atmosphere, we're not going to get anywhere with all this. And it's you're going to see more and more resistance with people that are going to go, this is a joke. This is just an attempt yeah. to and, – and then you got governments passing laws to raise taxes without public re- referendum. I mean, 
it sure it looks like they're taking advantage of a crisis because they are yeah well and they're also you know it's all this modeling that they're using as well and so from a scientific standpoint i understand you have to update your models as you get more information and it's always changing but i don't know that we should be making policy necessarily off of models why not we've been doing it for years well right the world's yeah. gonna end in 12 years because of global warming don't you know that's what the models show yeah, until they until they revise the models and with the data that they have and realize, oh, well, we might have been a little wrong. Right. I'm sorry. It'll be it'll be 15 years now. It'll be 15. <laughs> it's it's peak oil all over again. The world's going to yeah. run out of oil in X yeah. amount of years. Well, you know, that theory was pretty easy to puncture because it it, it failed on. I always told the guy that used to tell me this. It, it fails on three accounts. Number one, you're assuming that the entire world has been explored and it hasn't. Number mm-hmm. two, you're assuming that techniques for extracting oil won't improve, and they will. And number three, you're assuming that geological forces that created oil in the first place have ceased, and they haven't. So, yeah, you know, peak oil was – anyway, it's the same kind of thing here. And I, I just – I get concerned about this, Rod. I really do because now we're, now we're to the point where we're writing tickets for people, and this – is going to generate a great deal of resistance, isn't it? It is. And we're right back to the junior officer overhearing the department head who talked to the XO about wanting to look good for the admiral because, you know, he's going to come and we want to make sure we look good for him. And instead of actually doing what we should be doing, we're, 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 we're trying to look busy and trying to look like we're yeah. smart. Think it'll work? I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> I don't either. What do you guys think out there? Let us know. I mean, please do. Yeah, we uh, we got another email from John who was thankful that we used his that we rated his list, and yeah. he has moved on to Star Trek. I was going to tell you, I watched um, the Death of Stalin yesterday. Did movie, you the movie The Death of Stalin? Um, it's it's portrayed as satire comedy. And I will grant you there are some funny moments in it. But overall, as a historical biopic, it wasn't very true to the subject. But it was interesting. I mean, it was it was it was okay. Yeah. I, it, for for being in a uh, pandemic shutdown, it was okay. I wouldn't watch it otherwise. I'm watching Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah. Where are you at now? Season what? I'm still season one. I get through it. but Yeah. It'll take a while. When do you get to season four? Yeah. And as it is such, so also as such, is it unto you? <laughs> Rod, good to see you, man. Stay safe. Good to see you, Dave. Wear your masks. Stay home. Do what the government tells you. Or pretty soon they'll start shooting people, won't they? See you next week, everybody. Have a great week. I'm starting to wonder if that's the best uh, thing to put on the end of that there.